JB. Yep. Yeah. Is there anything that you see that would give you the indication that the Islanders can still make the playoffs? Yes. Yes, there is, Nick. We got uh, a decent run of hockey uh, recently. They uh, won five of their last six, I believe. They're getting healthy. They're, I mean, they're a long ways out, but I'm not going to wow. say no. I know. I know. All right. I may get. Uh, <laughs> I may be a man on an island here. Uh, let's ask Butch Goring, four-time Stanley Cup winner, if there's anybody that knows if a team's got a legitimate shot of winning this trophy, uh, he would. Butch, how are you? I'm well, thanks, guys. How are things in Toronto? Yeah. Uh, snowy, icy, cold. <laughs> we just got off the phone with Doug McLean, who's basking on the beach right now and oh, rubbed it in. Who's better than him, huh? Who's better uh, than Doug? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people, to be honest with you, but we'll get into that <laughs> on a, at another time. Uh, Butch, uh, a little bit of a turnaround for sure. Uh, they're feeling better. They're healthier. Uh, seems like they're feeling good about being in a new building. Everything good again in the island? Well, it's uh, it certainly is a lot better than than it was because, uh, as we all know, they had a terrible November and and uh, you know with a lot of I guess you could say excuses. But uh, those are all gone now. And and uh, as you mentioned, they're they're much healthier. They're only missing Ryan Pollock, and uh, you know that's still a big miss, but. Uh, they're they're playing, I think, with a lot more confidence now, and uh, um, you know things were tough. I mean, there was a period of time where they were playing with eight guys from the American Hockey League, and, and you know that's that's a pretty tough goal, no matter what team you are. But uh, they're they're getting it going now. They they've got more energy, and and they uh, I think they like the challenge. To tell you the truth, you know, I, I was talking to someone the other day, and I said, you know, three years ago when John Tavares left. Everybody told them that they were a lousy hockey team and they couldn't win without John Tavares and they'd finish up dead last. And we know that didn't work out for any of the so-called smarties that knew a lot about hockey. So I think that these guys, uh, they thrive a little bit in adversity and they, um, you know, they're, they, they've dug down and uh, they've dug themselves a, an awful big hole. Uh, but uh, I truly believe they think they can climb out of this, and, and uh, this is a big homestand for for them. They they've really got to find a way to. to I think they've got like uh, nine games left. They they've got to win at least seven, and eight would be good. And and uh, you know to keep kind of keep it going because they don't have a lot of room for error. No, that's an, uh, the unfortunate thing about the start. Um, thanks for joining us, Butch. You get to hear your voice. Um, I'm curious if, if uh, Lou Lamarello will address uh, any needs of the team. They, they struggled to score a little bit. That seems like one of the team's shortcomings. Do you think it's possible that the team could look outside of uh, their team and actually add trying to get back into a playoff race? I, I think they would. I think Lou is always looking to improve his hockey team, and I think it'll be a, a lot to do. Uh, the deadline's later this year, if I if I'm correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's sometime in March. So, yeah. I, I think if the Isles get on a, on a, on a good roll, as I said before the All Star break, and uh, win a whole bunch of games, and then I think it would make sense. But you know, if they go 500 hockey, then it won't make sense because then I, I don't believe then they they can make it. I, I think they have to make hay uh, this month. It's a it's a very favorable schedule for them. Uh, not that anybody's easy in this league, but I think you uh, I think you have to beat the teams that uh, you know that everybody thinks you should beat, and then you have to beat a couple of teams that uh, maybe it's a much tougher hurdle. 
We've talked a lot uh, in this show about Edmonton and Toronto, and it just seems like when we're talking about trade deadline, which will be uh, March 21st, we're talking about everybody needing defense. Are the Islanders any different? Uh, the name Chikrin has come up. Uh, it has been linked to the Islanders, but unfortunately uh, it may cost them maybe a, a young defenseman like Dobson. Would you even consider that? That that will not happen. <laughs> Dobson is finally uh, finally becoming the, the player that everybody hoped he would be and, and what he showed as a, as a junior hockey player. Uh, he's the best the, the best all-around defenseman the Islanders have right now. There's no doubt in my mind. I mean, certainly Adam Pellick is, is, is a horse back there, and, but he doesn't bring the same offense that uh, Dobson uh, can bring and has been bringing. He, he's been super. I mean, uh, I don't know who Lou would trade. I mean, I, I think, you know, uh, I think the Islanders are still looking for a left-hand defenseman. I mean, uh, uh, they have uh, both um, Green and, and Chara, and, and they're both a little long on the tooth, although they, they have both picked up their game as the entire team has really over the last 10 games. Uh, but uh, I think uh, when you look at the stats of the Islanders, I think they're 30th or 31st in defense creating offense on the rush. So um, if they're going to look for a defenseman, I think they're going to look for a guy that can uh, to, to carry, the, carry the puck and create some offense for him, create some odd man rushes. Which I think when teams think of the Islanders, they, they do think of that identity line, that Martin Sezikas, Clutterbuck group. How have those guys been? I, I imagine you can't just roll those guys out for the next 20 years. At some point, they're going to slow down a bit. Have they been as effective this season? Uh, I think they have. I, I think that, uh, you know, again, with uh, the way things went for them in November, I think uh, everybody uh, has struggled and there was some injuries and Martin was out for a while, Sezikas. Uh they have played really well. Again, they have, like everybody else, have picked up their game. They're they're always, you know, uh, play a big role in the in the game. And I, I'll tell you, you know, you talk about the three guys. Cal Clutterbuck has been the best of the three. He has really played well. He's been healthy um, last year and and this year. And and he's been, in my opinion, the the, the lead dog. Or usually it's Sadiq. Sadiq. Sadiq said, um, you know, the guy that kind of runs that engine but uh, for me it's been clutterbuck he, he has been very very good and so they 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 still do what they what they do uh, they probably you know have to find a way to get a few more goals they've started to score in the last two three games casey has scored a couple of goals in the last couple of games so um, that's important i mean that that's you know for the isles to be successful they're always about balanced scoring and and um, situations that, that they create so uh, they've they've been good. That's you know, if if you wanted to say they've been the reason the Islanders are losing, that would be wrong. Hey Butch, where, where is uh, Matthew Barzell in his development? And when we talk about great young players and skill, uh, and and watching him at times do the things that he can on edges and his cutbacks, is is it where it needs to be? Is there a concern about? Uh, getting him to that, that superstardom plateau where we, we think the skill could take him? I, I, I'll tell you what, I, I love the way he's playing this season. I mean, he, uh, he, I think he finally understands uh, the game at, at the pro level. Uh, as you mentioned, we, we know that he has all this skill and uh, great individual skill, and he's a terrific playmaker. But you never, never really, uh, I think, fully – 
comprehended what, what he has to do in his own zone and in the neutral zone. This year has been really good. I, I've noticed a very big change in him. As a matter of fact, I think it was maybe three, four games ago, uh, I made a comment on uh, during the show that I thought it was his best game as a pro. And and for for me, you know, I look at centermen who, who can play both ends of the rink. Uh, that's the way I felt I played, and I feel like that's the way Brian Trotche played. I feel like if you're going to win a championship, you, you, you can't be a liability on the ice, and you can't be a one-way player. So, uh, Barzell, would we like him to have more points? Yeah, absolutely would like to see more out of him. But the power play till recently has been abysmal. I mean, it went 0 for 40 in, in November, and we all know that uh, you know the power play can really add to your point total if, if it's going pretty well. So um, I think there's a couple of things out there about Barzell that, uh, you know, or look a little worse than it really is. Uh, I, I, I love his game. Uh, second on the team in scoring right now has 16 points, which obviously not uh, fantastic for depth scoring guys, but his name is Oliver Wallstrom. Uh, he seems like he's been a, a decent surprise for the team. Not surprise, but a, a decent rookie campaign. What have you thought of him so far this year? Uh, again, lo- love his game. He, you know, early on, I think the first 10, 15 games, a little inconsistent. But over the last 15 or 20, uh, he again, he's a guy that uh, I think understands how he has to play. And, you know, he's got minimum turnovers now. He had quite a few. And, of course, that irked Barry, uh, which with good reason. But uh, he's, a goal, he's a goal scorer. And he, uh, he doesn't mind shooting the puck, which I always think is a great thing because so many guys look to make a pass. Um, you know, he's of a shot mentality first. And uh, I, I, again, he is working hard. He has been physical, so I, I like his jump in, in in his game. And it just seems like we're uh, Barry's been trying to because it's been so much uh, lack of scoring. You know, trying to find lines that can can work on a consistent basis. So he's shuffled them around here and there. Um, you know, to try and get uh, more offense out of, out, of, out of the hockey team because I believe they're like 30th, 31st, 32nd. I mean, they they you know. And, uh, that's not going to get the job done. They, they've got to find a way to bring more offense, and Wallstrom is one of those guys. We're speaking to Butch Goring, four-time Stanley Cup winner. Uh, Butch, you know this fan base as well as anyone, and we've seen Islanders and, and stars leave their organizations, yet there's a real sensitivity when it comes to John Tavares and the New York Islanders. He's already been there a couple times. Can you talk to them and let back them off a little bit for Saturday night. Is it, is it over or is, is this one more sensitive than, than anyone that you can recall in the past? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I've seen people get booed, uh, you know, each and every time they, they, they touch the puck and it's for a a number of different reasons. And uh, uh, certainly this one here is, was a hard one for, uh, for the fans and, um, you know, when, uh, as I understand it, and, uh, you know, when uh, supposedly he was promising he was going to stay, and I, I think people took him at his word, and, uh, and uh, so that obviously uh, upset everybody. And, I, I, you know, they're, they're not going to let, let go of it. Uh, well, you know, I, I, it'll never be as bad as it was the first time. It'll never be that bad. And, uh, and frankly, I, I, I didn't like it myself. Uh, I understand the booing part, but uh, there was a lot going on, as you guys will remember, and um, I, I didn't think that was necessary. Personally, I, I, get, I get there was he was going to get booed, and, and you know, any player that uh, chooses to go somewhere else 
regardless of the reasons, is usually going to get booed, particularly if he was a great player. And, and regardless of what everybody thinks, John Tavares was a great player for, for, for the Islanders. And uh, I watched him play. I feel like uh, him and I are still friends. We spent a lot of time with conversation. And uh, I like the way he played. And he's proven to be a pretty good player for the, for the Maple Leafs. But you know what? The fans can be what they want to be, and, and uh, they're going to boom. And, and I don't mind the booing. I just don't want it to be sort of get stupid. Yeah, I agree. He was a good Islander and represented well for uh, for a good run there. Um, maybe it'll soften as he gets a little bit older. Uh, how has it been in uh, UBS Arena? How is the how has it worked out? Are fans happy with it? I know the winning didn't come early, which is a bit of an issue, but uh, seems like everything else is uh, feedback is positive on the new barn. Yeah, the new barn is uh, spectacular. It's uh, uh, it might be the nicest arena that I've ever been in, and I and yeah, I might be a little biased, but it's it really is a, a wonderful facility, and um, the fans are thrilled. There's been nothing but positive comments from that aspect. Yeah, you're right. They wish the team would uh, win more, but that's starting to happen now. As you guys mentioned at the top of the show, they I think they're uh, five one and one in their last seven, and and so gaining points and. Um, so I think that, you know, that's always important for, for any building. The fans get uh, disenchanted rather quickly if you're on any type of a losing streak. So um, it was a tough goal for the Islanders early on, but now they're, they're, they're playing Islander hockey, they're, they're winning hockey games, and so that uh, obviously delights the fans. Well, we're all looking forward to the game Saturday night in the barn. Uh, really appreciate your time, Butch. Keep up the great work, and uh, we'll speak to you soon. Thanks again. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. And the Toronto Maple Leafs will actually see an NHL team this time. Last time they had about 10. <laughs> Good point. That's a problem. <laughs> and they'll be ready. I know uh, yeah, Lou Amarillo, Barry Trotz will have them ready. Thanks yeah, again, Butch. Hockey. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, thanks Butchie. Uh, it's interesting to hear him talk about Tavares. And mm-hmm. it was vicious. That's the only word I can come up with that first visit back. And pajama boy. He, he, he should feel a little better. I, I think if, if I'm not mistaken, this might be his third visit since or fourth. But it's still, they're still out there. As long as they're serving alcohol, you know, there's, it, 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 there's still one or two of them that you don't necessarily trust. Yeah. There, there is, uh, there's a number of people there who will never forgive him for that. And I have a hard time with that because, you know, in some lean years for the Islanders, he was all they had. And he, you know, he wasn't slacking out there. He worked for that Islanders team and represented them really well. I think it was nine seasons. So, you know, he exercised his right to leave at the end. I understand it went poorly. Um, you know, maybe he he shouldn't have asked them not to trade him. He probably shouldn't have. I'm sure he regrets how it played out. But, but uh, at the end, it doesn't negate everything he did and was for them. There, there's a lot of parallels with Sundin in the, how, how it ended with Sundin not wanting to get his his trade clause waived because they were trying to make the playoffs at the end and he was trying to stay there and be a Leaf. And then him signing in the offseason after a delay with, with Vancouver. And there was a lot of Leaf fans that really held that against Sundin. Listen, Sundin's a much more, I'd say, bigger legend for the Toronto Maple Leafs and John Tavares is for the New York Islanders. Don't get me wrong here. I'm not comparing them for players. But the way it ended for both sides is a little bit comparable because 
Everybody wanted him to wave at that deadline, but Sundin said, no, I want to be here. I want to push for the playoffs, and that's when they, they didn't make it on that final day. And then the next year, he signed in Vancouver. So it, it's, it's, it's a tough decision. I get it. Like, I get it's, being loyal, but he was a free Sammy, agent. He was no making malice. his choice. As far as making a fan feel like you didn't protect my best interest as a fan, I grasp the parallels. But it's not even close the situations Matt's had a contract. He had a clause in his contract that he negotiated in good faith. He exercised it. And then the Toronto Maple Leaf fan got greedy and selfish. It's like, Oh yeah. It's not about you. I completely you. agree. I it's about me agree with that. It's yes. about me and, and wanting this team to be better when you leave. And that's not on Matt's that's on management for giving the clauses away. Tavares was a different situation where, you know, for whatever reason, you know, the fan felt like Tavares wasn't probably as forthcoming as they wanted him to be. But he didn't Again, Tavares was in his rights as well as Matt's was for playing it out. But what I'm trying to say here is that, uh, you know, for whatever reason, the, the the Islander fan felt, and maybe, and I didn't follow it completely in terms of what Tavares had said all year, but they were really under the impression that he was coming back. And I don't know whether or not Tavares or an agent gave them that feel, yeah. but they felt betrayed at the end. They did. You know, Tavares, uh, you know, wanted to be an Islander that year as well and wasn't sure what his decision was going to be, but let them believe that he was most likely to remain an Islander. You know, that was the most likely outcome that everyone thought and the Islanders thought. But the the point I think a lot of people miss is it's possible it's what Tavares thought too. It's possible he was forthcoming, that he thought he was going to be an Islander, but owed it to himself so, to hear well, everyone right, and change his mind. No, 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 no. He can't change his mind, Nick? Uh, he, of course he can change his mind. But... The way these things usually play out is that they have a pretty good indication that they there is something else out there. And if the numbers met, I think the decision was already made for Tavares as early as the summer going into the final season. That... I, I'm going to look and see if the grass is greener somewhere else. That has to be the first thought of Tavares going in his last year as a New York Islander. And then you just orchestrate how to stretch this thing out, how to not make it a distraction, what to say in the media, what to say to your friends and family who ask off record. That thing is choreographed for a year. I believe that Tavares knew right away that he wanted to go and find out what's out there, including his hometown. Now, if the number's not met, then you go back. But you're telling me, what was the difference between October, November, December for him to decide whether he wanted to be an Islander or not, JB? That's my question to you. 
Well, I imagine how the season went for one and what he thought of the team's prospect the next year, but also what the offers were out there. 11 Schmill times seven years. I don't know. Maybe he didn't know he'd be able to fetch that. I think he took less from from the Leafs. He took less from the Leafs. Uh, I I don't even know that you know that Toronto's interest is going to be there. San Jose was was more. And I think think Lou had no problem, if I'm not mistaken, matching what the Leafs had I, offered. I guess for people to be upset about it, you have to think that there was some malice, that he was like, screw the Islanders. I'm going to leave them with nothing for me on purpose on my way out the door. Like, you have to think that he was trying I to know, hose you. Otherwise, that's not, he's... Yeah, that's that's not John Tavares. Everybody right. knows he's... That's not, that's not his style. That's not who he is as a person. I guess it's possible, Kipper, that he knew he was going to go. He didn't want to go play for whoever for half the season or get traded for one year. So he had to say what he had to say to not get traded. But, you know, I, I don't know. Who's, I think he should, he should be allowed to do that too. Who, who's the John Tavares of this year? We've got a big name. Uh, anyone going to UFA? Yeah. Billy McKayev. Ilya no. Mikheyev. No. No. <laughs> Go west. Name? Go west to Calgary. Oh, it was a good row. Of course. Yeah. So you tell me. Has his mind been made up on how he wants to play this out? Yes. Absolutely. I agree. Even that, you know what, the... the we had Eric Francis on, and he said he thinks Goodrow's going. They, I'm sure if they're not in the mix, and not even in a, the mix, but not in a, a cup I don't spot, think the mix really matters at this point. Then trade him. If you and I think he's going and Eric Francis thinks he's going, they must think he's going. So trade him. Get something for him. Go. Get better. What do you think? What's your, what's your best get, what, uh, guess on what happens to Johnny Goodrow? You gotta keep Johnny Gaudreau if you're in a playoff race. You're in a Canadian. You're in a Canadian market. JB just told me you're, you're trading Punt him. Punt him. Well, send listen. him and Claude Giroux to Ottawa. I don't know. I think there's two different things. It depends what kind. Of, it de- I think it kind of depends what sort of owner or whatever kind of thing you have there, with realizing how many like, you know the playoff gate and figuring out if you want to just get three or four playoff games or however you want to do it versus actually building a long-term winner. And I think trading Johnny Gaudreau when you're in a one of the best race is a tough it's a tough pill to swallow. He's been amazing. Like this is what the Islanders really went good. through, guys. It's exactly what the Islanders did. And in hindsight, of course, they're 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 saying we to themselves, "We should have traded him. We should have traded him." I know. I the dream scenario for Islanders fans, and I'll tell you that this was very real, is that he want he would get traded and then re-sign with the Islanders. So the Islanders would get the Hall of Assets, and then he'd come back to them, and they'd be a better Islanders team, which should have been enough for him. I would love. I haven't seen a star make that move, which is I would love to see. Just totally betray whoever you get traded to. would love that. Isn't there a rule that you can't come back after 12 months or something? I, I, don't, I can't I even think, remember. I think that happened in baseball recently, but I can't quite put my finger in my I can't get the hamster wheel going quite well enough right now to remember who did it but I feel like somebody got traded away and then came back in free agency but uh, I'm not even going to bother trying to figure that out so there we go actually you know who I think it was I think it was a Aroldis Chapman Aroldis Chapman on the Yankees got traded to the Chicago Cubs they went on to win the World Series they got Glaber Torres in the trade and then yeah. he signed with them in that offseason 
So there you go. It. it happened in baseball. All right, All right what do we got Sammy. next, Sammy? Got a ton of text today, boys. Um, let me just dig through here. Um, here's one that uh, Doug alluded to that I think's interesting about Mrazek. Should the Leafs unload Mrazek to the Edmonton Oilers? Is that realistic? Uh, yes. I think you're muted, Borny. Oh, what do you what do you do with Koskinen's cap hit? How do you make that go away? You can save seven hundred grand and, and get a better goalie. I think. Guys, by the way, Koskinen was terrible last night. Oh, he's terrible. Awful. Terrible. He's awful. Okay. How about that signing to begin with? Shigarelli while walking out the door, signing it at a fadeaway signature? Yes. Uh... Off 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 of one year? One yeah. year, one solid year, you give him three years. Yeah. And how old is he? It's not like he's 26 either. I think he's like 32 or 33, is he not? I don't think It's crazy. He's, just, uh, he's 33. Holy 33. smoke and <laughs> like, I had no we... idea he was that old. I was like, this young prospect may come around yet, oh, Kipper. And... <laughs> His... And that decent he should be year. A, he should be Doug McLean's neighbor right now. <laughs> that year you're talking about, he was a 275 and a 917. Yeah, not, it wasn't exactly a win of Vesna. It's a good year, but yeah. Yeah. Pickleball so. and yoga. Doug like, was legit. Was just... He legit called off the guy coming to take the, uh, the foam off his chair for, on the beach when he called us. What a life. Yeah. What a life McLean's living. Yeah. Uh, I think that would, I think that would entice uh, Edmonton to give up something fairly significant too. I, I think I think there's value in the perception that Mrazek is what? considered a good goalie. Yeah, you do. Oh yeah, they're I, desperate. I, it's I know, you, but this year you got to understand they're desperate. They are. There's an old it's Elliot Friedmanism about throwing people life preservers and anchors, and right now there's a bunch of people offering them garbage that'll help sink them, right? What do they do? Yeah. They put Kyle Turris's, what, uh, two and a half, three million bucks on waivers, on waivers today? They did. Well, I'm just being not a very nice radio host uh, today. Uh, Kyle Turris, not very good. This season has been uh, not, not great. I can't imagine anyone's going to claim him. Great, great career. Uh, I didn't but... understand that pickup. Yeah. Hasn't been good this, this year. No. No. Right, and Sam struggled in Nashville, too. Yeah, big time. Uh, what else do we have here? Um, oh, my God. I was going to read this one, but... Uh, hey, George Oakville. Okay. Sammy, JB, and Kipper, happy Friday. Name me a team that won the cup without rolling four lines with each one getting at least 10 minutes. So you obviously can't do it, but I think he's speaking more to the sort of philosophy of it that you can't ride top pair, top uh, lines to a cup. What, what did the Blues play, uh, you know, their fourth line when they won a uh, cup? There and... was Sun, Sunquist and Blaze? Sammy oh, Blay, and they, they were big and heavy. I think I don't. I think as far back as we can remember, it's it's four lines, guys. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, you it have is. to at least have contributors there. Guys can handle the, the eight minutes they play in decent time. I just, uh, God, any year you go back, it's 12, 14 guys. It's seven, eight defensemen that find a way. Like even, like, gosh, we were, in 94, man, we were in big trouble. You know who saved us? Doug Lidster. Doug Lidster came in and played rock star for a dozen games. A dozen like games is all you're asking for, from people at that point in the lineup, right? So I get the point the guy's making that it's uncommon to have 12 legit guys that are getting 10 minutes plus, but I still, they're, they're important minutes that you get from those guys, so you can't just slough them away with a who cares. Boys, how about, how about this for some pie-in-the-sky GMing that we got from this text here? This is... Kerfoot, Sandine, and a first for Alex Tuck, and a second and a haul for uh, P.K. Suban. There we go, guys. Uh, we're getting into the uh, into HF the, boards. The Brought you by HF, HF boards. boards. Trades. <laughs> okay, hold on. We, Sa- Sandine? Oh, I can't process stuff like this. I'm Kerfoot, first. Sandine, and a first for Alex Tuck, according to uh, this nameless texter. Where, where's Alex Tuck going to play? Hey, he'd add that size. In that top six, like you've been wanting, Kipper. Big, fast skater. I, I'll say this to that guy's point. I like the idea of looking at a player in the league and saying, everyone's got a price. You know, that's the exact guy we need. You know, what does it take to get us that guy? Okay. Uh, Alex Tuck's not that for me. Uh, Alex Tuck does not. He's a big boy, but he doesn't always, like, play like a big boy. I just. I need, and by the way. He, more skilled guy that wants is a great skater, but Alex Tuck isn't a pushback guy for me. No, and Kipper, the Leafs have to lead the entire NHL in gigantic players who aren't tough. Do they not? Justin Hall's like six three, uh, Engvall's six five, <sighs> Mikheyev six three. They have a ton of huge guys who just don't want to do it. Uh, are you calling them soft? <laughs> Purposeless. <laughs> I think you, they have a purpose. Is that what you just did? Get me Christian's room. Yeah, I'll tell you line. what I like about that guy's pitch. He realizes that if you're going to take a real crack at this, you got to give up something that you like. Mm, and don't make me I'm give not, up Sandine. I'm not. I better if I'm going to give up Sandine, which I would consider. You better get the right guy oh, because yeah. you only have one crack at the. And this has to be the year. Yeah. Okay? Even even it thinking of some of be. the trades we're talking about, like you mentioned Dobson for Chikrin. I'm not sure Chikrin's better than Dobson alone. Just alone. So, like, some of these guys, like, you have to be so sure. So sure you, you don't fall in love with your own guy too much. Um, if you think you find the guy, and if you and just because someone's available like Chikrin, you can't go get him just because he happens to be the available guy. Careful times. God. The, Who the is wild... the defenseman? Like, uh, uh, Zucker goes from Minnesota to Pittsburgh, okay? Mm. And it was a, it was a first-round pick. Sammy, go Google this for me. I'm on it. It was a first-round pick. I got it. And it was, a, I think, another Kaelin player. Kalen Addison. Addison. Addison was probably considered like that that prospect, that young kid who's starting to really come in for Minnesota. Yeah. That's that's how you make those trades, is that you need an Addison. The Leafs need an Addison. 
You know who else is in that trade? Who? Galchenyuk. Alex Galchenyuk. <laughs> the pizza Here's, man. I, and the I Leafs love... ended up with Galchenyuk and no Addison. Yeah. Rutherford says about Addison, he's a top six guy that skates. Oh no no, is that he's talking about Addison there? But I know I, I know your point, Kipper, is like these guys have perceived value that they may never realize, and you need to trade that perceived value. I will say, Sandine has that still, where people go, God, this guy could be a legit, you know, number yes. three guy. Not sure about that. He's yet. he's still he's still in that high end top prospect. That's how he's going to be traded. He's not yeah. being traded as, as a guy that can step in and 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 do what Jacob Chikrin can do right now. That's not the the value. And even Dobson, I appreciate what you're saying. Yeah. But Dobson still doesn't hit that 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 feeling that you're going to get 23 minutes out of Jacob Chikrin, and he's got the ability to to score a big goal. Not there. <laughs> I, yep. I love when we get texts that respond to other texts, and our boy Ryan in Oakville says, that is probably the worst trade proposal I have ever heard. So, <laughs> thank you. Our two yeah, texters can go have a fight. It's Yeah, it's not uh, it's not getting it done, but uh, a first, <laughs> a first in, in Sandine should get you, uh, I think, a boatload in helping a push to try to win a Stanley Cup this season. That yeah, That's so. big-time value. better. It better. That's all you got for assets. Yeah, here's here's one from that's maybe a bigger question or a bigger conversation that we can't have. But to be to be a player playing in a Canadian market right now must be hell. My God, it's a disaster. And you think about it around the league, the Leafs are the best, by far the best situation. And we just spent two shows talking about Trading how guys. much trouble they're in. <laughs> so you know, you look at the other the other Canadian situations around the league, and it's Boy, he's right. And the, with the, you see the comments that um, Falk had about coming to Canada right now. He got asked about going to play in Canada. No, I didn't. And he's just—he was basically like, "Yeah, we don't want to do it. We're going to go there, get it over with, but we're not looking forward to it at all." So because it's like of the, restrictions, because of COVID restrictions and no fans and all that. Like, it's true. Being in Canada right now, playing on any of the respective yeah. Canadian teams, must not be a ton of fun. Well, and yeah, I don't it's... think we've even talked about the, the capacity issues, Kipper. Like 50% capacity now for until March, right? 14th. March 14th. So, yeah. like, are the Leafs just going to play all those home dates at 50% capacity? Yeah. What choice do they have? And this isn't uh, this isn't a this is a league issue. This is an HRR. This is hockey related revenue. That this is money that you won't get back. And what is the number now based on the lost revenue of Canada for the next six weeks? Is it 50 million? Is it 75? Oh, is it a hundred million? Wait when the players find out what that number is and they're on the hook for it. It's coming off their salaries. Brad they Marchand's don't know going to be yet. going to Carolina looking for it off, uh, off their paychecks. Go it's, to the, the PR guy. That's when Gary Bettman goes and knocks on their door and says, hey, boys, buck up. We didn't hit our targets. And uh, the money that you got whole this year has to come back to make up uh, the lost revenue, especially in Canada. That's, I know, that's, I know that's no how one, this is going to play out. 
Yeah, and I know no one feels bad for guys who play in the NHL from a financial perspective, but, like, some guys make the league kipper for, like, two years or three years, mm-hmm. and how crummy is it that you're going to go make 750 for two years, they're going to give you 300 of that or something like that, and then, you know, but your take-home over your career, people are going to think you're rich. It's like, guys, you know, it's, it's not the case. It's 27 or 30 cents on the dollar. It's what they're JV. taking home. Yeah. I mean, that's that's bleak. That's anyway, all in, right? cut it. Yeah, but still, that's, that's Fine. heavy. That's heavy yeah. cut. It is heavy. It is. But that's uh, that's the world that we live in right now. You'd be down to six figures if you took that cut, Kipper. It'd be devastating. <laughs> so what do we think Saturday night? I The Leafs come back. I think they come back and win. Sam, I think you're skeptical, aren't you? I just I think this is a scary game for a team that just got called out for being soft. Bet the under. Because Bet the under. It, it's just a scary building for, I mean, maybe not this building, because the Leafs went in there and beat the AHL Islanders however long ago. Maybe this building's a little different than the last one that they used to go into. But I don't know. I just, I feel like they go in there expecting a different type of game than they're going to get because the Islanders have been playing a hell of a lot better. Yeah, I, I, have, you know, I think the Leafs can win it, but I do have my reservations. I think okay. this is a, uh, the Islanders are better. I think the Islanders are better uh, than they have been. I think they, they beat the Leafs. Okay, more importantly, as you guys uh, go to the LCBO and buy some little Buddha cocktails. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Saturday afternoon, Bengals, Titans, Cincinnati. Uh, man, uh, I got I got two kids and cats, and I, I don't even know Bills, what's going Chiefs, on in the NFL. Bills, Chiefs, Sammy. Bills, Mafia. Titans, Chiefs. Quickly. I got nothing. I'm not even going to throw a Bills. dart. Bills, Bills, have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you Monday.